It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is The Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Hi there, my name is Daniel Wilcox and welcome to the Great Writer Share podcast where I have made it my mission to speak to some of the most successful, generous and wise writers the business has to offer. Every week I'm going to be bringing on guests from a range of genres, disciplines, success levels, walks of life, genders, ages, star signs and postcodes to tease out what makes these writers tick, how they tackle their approach to productivity and how they strategize and define their success. Now, when it came around to kicking off this podcast, I could think of no one better to join me than my good buddy Luke Condor. Luke Condor is someone who I have written several books with, someone who I've worked with on various projects, including writing courses and podcasts. Um, he's the former uh, lead host of the Story Studio podcast, which we worked on together last year. Um, and the year or so before that, made 50 episodes interviewing different people. And it's because of him that we are here right now. And I am continuing on our legacy uh, in his honor. Um, in uh, in this discussion, we cover a whole range of, of subjects. And Luke's always a really interesting guy to talk to. Um, we cover how he made an award-winning film in seven days with no budget and no resources. We looked at how does he journal and what does that habit look like and how does that keep him productive? What does it mean to be experimental as a creative? And we go into so, so much more. But before we start and get into the interview, and since this is the first full show of the podcast, I wanted to remind anyone who listened to episode zero of this podcast, or even anyone that hasn't, not that you can remind people that haven't, but we'll skip past that, that if you find yourself enjoying this podcast and want to get more each week, then there's a place you can do that. So uh, I've opened up a Patreon page, which is live as of the time of release. So if you head over to www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash great writers share, you'll be able to get early access to every single one of these episodes. You'll gain access to our private Slack group and get supported by other writers within this community. Um, it's one of the things I very much want to do here is just build a community of other writers. And in that group, you will have support from every writer that works with Hawk and Cleaver. Uh, and get involved in monthly giveaways and ask upcoming guests any burning questions you may have. So there's lots of opportunities to get more involved in this show, um, to find out the things you really want to find out, because I really want to make this podcast for you and shape it around the people who are listening so you guys can get the most benefit out of this you possibly can. Um, so if you fancy just helping support the show, I'm doing this for free. It's going to be free forever, he said, such a word, um, until I sell out. Um, but the show will be forever uh, free. I just, I, It's a passion project. I'm enjoying speaking to the people and I just want you to get as much value as possible. So to do that and support the show, you can go over to www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share. And that's writers plural. Now, without further ado, here's the first ever and wide ranging and ever interesting interview with my good friend and buddy, Luke Condor. Luke Condor is a podcaster, comic creator, filmmaker, and best-selling author. His short film, Keith, a film made with no ideas, no money, and no camera, went on to win the best low-budget short film at the London Film Festival and has since been played the world over. 
His work with Hawking Cleavers, the other stories podcast, has brought in over three million downloads internationally, and he has dabbled in post-apocalyptic fiction, bringing the immensely weird and wonderful El Marvo to life through a successful Kickstarter campaign, and has reached the top of the Amazon charts with his best-selling series, The Rot, written alongside a wonderful man called Daniel Wilcox. Luke's credentials include two Vimeo staff picks, Grand Prix in the short in in the in short fest, it's a mouthful. First price at Five Lamps 24-hour film competition and audience choice at Focus Film Festival. Not to forget the aforementioned best low-budget short film at the London Short Film Festival. Luke is also part owner of the independent story studio Hawk and Cleaver and happens to be one of my best friends, inspirations and co-writers. Luke, welcome to the show. Hello. Is it my turn to do your intro now? You can do Daniel my intro. Is a, I'm not going to be prepared. He's a <laughs> cracking chap. Just Daniel Wilcox is a... Say again? Off Just spit it off the cuff. Daniel Wilcox is a cracking chap. He's uh, he can do backflips and he can scale mountains. I assume. <laughs> I, I've never scaled a mountain. I've I've scaled phys- uh, mental mountains, but never mental phys- mountains. What? Word mountains. You can scale word mountains. You, you can do a word mountain in a heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Welcome to the show. I'm good, man. If, if I explode with sneezes, that's not my fault. That's the pollen count's fault. Um, so I have to apologise. That for little that. lady in your ear decides to scream. Yeah, yeah. More now. Um, but yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to to have you on the show. This is this is the first one for the Great Writer Share podcast, and I I deliberately picked you first because you're an interesting guy. I've known you for a while, and uh, you've kind of done a lot of stuff. But you know, we we talk a lot as friends, but I don't think we've ever kind of like unpicked some of it. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna try and like rip you apart and piece you back together and and see how we go. How does that sound? Are you gonna bambi dinner first, or is this uh? No, get straight in. Okay, okay. Get straight in there. Not gonna <laughs> not gonna mess around. Um, so I wanted to start with Keith, as as we all do. Um, can you tell okay. us a little bit about Keith, uh, what you did with it, and why you think it was so successful? Uh, okay, so, well, I was, I have to go a little bit further back. Um, I was trying to make stuff. I was making short films, and I was writing short scripts, and um, making short stories, and publishing on Amazon, and that kind of thing. But I was very, very slow and very self-conscious and um i just kind of felt quite stilted in what i was doing and so i um decided to start a podcast called luke's massive storytelling podcast and the whole idea of that was that i would do seven day story challenges and i would uh sort of hold like keep a journal like a podcast journal as i was doing these things so i'd say right in seven days I'm going to write and publish a 10,000 word short story or in seven days, I'm going to make a short film and then I'm going to put it online after the seven days. So I set myself these kind of ludicrous challenges. And the idea really was to sort of kickstart, not because I was okay coming up with ideas and starting projects, but not so great at finishing them. So the idea really was to kickstart the habit of finishing stuff and putting it out in front of people. Cause the only way you get better and learn how to make stuff is by uh, putting it in front of people's eyes and getting uh, genuine opinions um, rather than just like your mother or, <laughs> you know, whoever. Um, and Family like, good critics. No, yeah. So, um, so I, I was doing this podcast and it, it was going quite well. I mean, it wasn't getting a massive amount of downloads. I think it's only 20 downloads a week or something. Uh, but it was enough to hold me accountable because I knew I couldn't let those 20 people down. <laughs> Couldn't just set something up and then not not finish yet. Uh, so I um uh, the first one I did up was a short story, and then the short film. I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I was living in London at the time. I'd only I moved there for 
I only just moved there, so I didn't have really any friends or any equipment or any way really of making a, a film. Sounds but like I'd a see- perfect setup. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've got to put yourself in a corner. Uh, so <laughs> I was. Uh, I'd seen a lot of those tutorial videos. Um, you get a lot of uh, people talking about. So if you want to, here's how you delete your cache from your Mac. You you go to the settings. You see a screen, and then the cursor is a really nervous guy talking about no and then you go to the bit then but i mean they do a lot of it and it's very helpful uh but they use a screen capture software to do that so i saw the screen capture software and i thought well that's a camera in itself i could use that and by the way this isn't so original anymore there's quite a few films that have used this technique and they're getting better and better at it uh but at the time there wasn't really anything um so i used a screen capture software i used free uh trials for editing software and royalty-free music and um i decided to make a film about uh tech support really so i've worked in tech support a lot and one of the ways we do it is by remoting into someone's machine we take over their machine and we go through their files and delete stuff and change the so that's quite it's quite an eerie thing to happen to you when you see someone going through your stuff and rearranging your life because our lives are pretty much 90% 90% on our computers these days. Um, so I made this film in seven days. And I've got to tell you, about two days in, I was like uh, hit by such a wave of inspiration. I just knew that I had to... I was working... Uh, I was getting up at five in the morning and working working away till, till day job work. Uh, lunchtime, I was working away. And then straight after I finished work, I was just making this film. Could not stop. And I just knew that it was there was something kind of special about it. Something was working um and then when it got to the end of the week uh i put it online and i remember showing cat um this film uh who had to play i had to play myself in the film because i couldn't didn't have time to make social media accounts for fake people cat had to play my cat my fiance had to play cat the fiance in the film <laughs> and uh, we put it online and um it was uh we, we went sort of semi got some action on reddit quite easily um i just said i made this film in seven days what do people think and then vimeo picked it up put it on their homepage, and then uh it went on the homepage of dig and it just seems to it's got a life all of its own now and it just uh really ticked along fifty thousand dollars in the first week um it's played at film festivals all over the world it's um it's i've been invited to germany to sort of screen it and do some cool stuff they use i got in, someone got in touch with me a little while back a teacher like a screenwriting school in la uh, so can we use the scripts for key for uh, teaching materials for a course? And I said, yeah, that's <laughs> fine, but it's not really a script. Uh, it's, and I think when I sent them, they they were like, yeah, we can't use this because <laughs> it's not a script at all. It's just like a, a brainstorm. That's all it was. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to write a script and then make the film. I had to write and make it at the same time. Um, so and I, like just the last week, I sold the licensing for for a new website, and that's that's a nice little uh, little pay packet. So it just it's one of those films. It's one of those just keeps on giving, and um, I sort of knew it, I didn't know it would do, but I just knew that there was something that was quite um, not pleasing about it. But I knew there was something about the watching the film that was even I was enjoying watching it as I was making it, and mm. the reason I had to finish it is because I really wanted to see where it went. So I knew I was onto something, and it's obviously resonated with not just me but other people, and um, yeah, that, that, that's that's Keith. Yeah. So do you think the inspiration for that came out of the challenge itself? Or do you think at some point that idea might have come out of your brain anyway? Because 
I mean, people are often saying that if you actually commit to an idea to start with, even if you don't have that full inspiration, you'll find that inspiration as you go through because yeah. you, you're investing in, in the product that you're creating. Do you think there was an element of that or do you think it was just kind of like a lot of serendipity as it, as it came together? Well, so um, <clears throat> so I'd seen this, the screen capture software at some point before and I'd, I'd logged it in my mind somewhere that that's a, that's a tool that can be used somewhere along the line. I mean, it, um, this is kind of a habit I've got. I'm always looking at um, tools that could potentially be used in creative projects at some point. There's just never enough time to do anything. Yeah. But <laughs> so this project, so I, I knew that that was what I was going to have to do. But I really had no idea about anything else other than that. Um, and I remember um, I figured out that you can make like quite interesting glitch effects. And that became quite a big component of mm. a lot of things I've done since then. Um, and that was serendipitous, just finding that glitch effect. I think that really adds a lot to it. And also the music and the sound effects. Um, I don't know, I mean, there was a lot of things just coming coming together uh, in, in, the, in the right way. Worked pretty well. So yeah. j- jumping back a little bit, you so that came from a seven-day challenge. Yeah. And like you said, you've done a few seven-day challenges. Um, uh-huh. And I know that you've met other people and other people have committed to yeah. seven-day challenges. I mean, we've run um, a few, well, one together as a, a, a mini writing yeah. course um, earlier this year. But where did that idea come from because obviously you you were saying yourself you wanted to create stuff and then you you started doing those seven day challenges but what was the gap in between that kind of motivated you to go okay i'm going to get serious this is what i'm going to do to make that happen uh so well well i'd I'd moved to so i'd lived in derby uh little city in the center of england for about five years um and i'd made a bit of a community of, of filmmaking friends and we'd made short films um and music and various business pieces throughout the years and then when i moved to london um i didn't really have any network i'd kind of isolated myself um so i knew that i had to use podcasting in the internet i so there's always these kind of um they must have a name for it but um there's always these sort of communities that that creative communities that sort of build up in little areas there's like in in 1920s paris is it 20s where you've got uh dali and hemingway mm. and all these people living in, in cafes in paris um and um i think there's uh, in the late 18 the new romantic period whatever they call it um in paris again but there's always like little communities that sort of build up and i kind of realized that the internet really is that for for a lot of people nowadays so it's, you sort of build your own community and you keep in touch and you help each other like part of podcasting is is uh the way to do that is a tool to do that it's the way to make friends and create your own network and create your own little creative community where you can feed back to each other and use each other's networks and, and that kind of thing um so i knew the podcasting was um was the way to do this and i also knew that uh, i think i was probably reading tim ferris stuff at the time or or something like that but it's always like accountability was a big thing that i knew i was lacking um, so I knew that I could sort of marry those two ideas together to make this new podcast idea. Um, and I just knew that I just needed to get into the, I knew that if I didn't get into the creative habit of finishing stuff, then I would, would never do it. I would never get into the habit and it would just, I probably wouldn't have done anything. Hawk and Cleaver wouldn't be a thing. Our mm. writing together wouldn't be a thing. Other stories wouldn't be anything. It, it, I mean, you need to start, but you need to finish stuff. It's a, uh, it's a big thing. Yeah, habits habits an absolutely huge thing. I found that particularly when I started, it wasn't until the habit became a thing that the work yeah. started to flow out. Um it's it's definitely a difficult thing to to actually 
or if you get into the habit of mm-hmm. um how how did you sort of approach going into that habit because you mentioned that when you were making keith you were getting up at five which obviously before work and doing and yeah sort of putting in the extra work there how did you kind of make sure that that habit stuck and that you could power through and actually finish what you were trying to create so i've i've, I've kind of realized that um it's 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 very soon really so i know that if i'm interested in the project itself like if i need to if i set myself um like i i sort of know what this project will be when it's finished if i've got a really clear vision of that then that's 90 percent of the work done because because i get very angry that it doesn't exist and so i will just <laughs> focus on i just can't stop myself it becomes like it's a, um, a stone in my shoe i just can't go anywhere without thinking about this thing that needs to be done so if i can get to that point when i'm really in, really invested and interested in a way a story's coming out then that and then that's that, that's everything that sort of falls into place and the problem is that you don't that doesn't always work out you, do, you don't always have a clear vision and sometimes you just need to take a bit more of a painterly um attitude to it so you sort of have to throw some paint on the canvas and add some more and, and you know I don't know if you can erase paint, but you get your paint <laughs> eraser, uh, you white out. You white paint, don't you? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, so, um, but then, um, wait, what was the question again? How do you get into the habit of... Uh, yeah, how do you make sure that habit sticks? Well, so accountability is a big thing, and I mentioned it. So um, if you're doing it in public, you don't look like... Uh, you don't want to go out in public and say you're going to do something and then and not do it because you'll feel like an absolute buffoon. So... Mm-hmm. That That's is quite a, a scary thing. thing to do, though, to be, to bear yourself and to sort of announce yeah. to people that you're going to do something. How how do you suggest that people who might be a bit wary about doing mm. that for fear of sort of rejection or I don't know some social negativity? How how do you suggest that people get over that and actually put themselves forward? Because I I agree. I think it's yeah. definitely one of the best things you can do is to say to everyone you know and love and those that you don't, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to happen, and and make yeah. yourself accountable. Well, so. Um... I think you sort of first of all have to sort of accept that you you will fail like I mean um and you will you will look like a buffoon several times <laughs> but you kind of I don't know that get, that gets easier over time yeah. you just get used to it looking. doesn't end your life yeah yeah exactly yeah you realize that it's just it doesn't end your life and also um you come for these these stumbling blocks maybe you set yourself a challenge and you fail in public you say I'm going to make this thing in uh, a year and then it doesn't work out for whatever reason that's fine i mean you you put your effort into it and you you actually tried as long as you actually try it's fine um but it's like you have to see yourself as the protagonist in the story this isn't this isn't the whole story this is the act one you have to fall before you get to act two and and start to um you know go through the hero's journey and learn how to do this better and, and as finally succeed your life is one big hollywood movie and you were going to go through many act ones <laughs> you're going to keep going through so many act ones eventually you'll get a roll into act two and then act three and then you know you die and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the beauty of it all yeah that's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> now so we've we've talked a little bit about keith obviously um yeah. you, you you quite enjoy creating films and writing for films mm-hmm. um i actually just side note <laughs> was checking through your website and sort of prep for yeah. listening to you the other day and stumbled across macho dan uh, one oh, of yeah. the sort yeah. of first earliest films um, yeah. which if anyone wants to check it out I, I highly recommend sort of because you, t- you tend to have um, you've got a very comical style I remember when when I first came across yourself 
looking at i think it was the hipster that the hipster, hipster from outer space. space the novel yeah and sort of reading the, the self-written reviews that you put on the back for yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's always yeah. that kind of self-effacing comical tone yeah. to the stuff that you do but then you write some of the darker stuff and the post-apocalyptic and horror stuff with me yeah. i think the question i want to ask really is how do you kind of stretch yourself between so many different sort of genres and mediums because obviously you've got the podcasting you've got the the yeah. novel writing you've got the comics it's a lot going on yeah well i think it's um it's weird when you you are told that you have to sort of uh, brand yourself and have a very clear um, and concise way of doing things because that's not how it works for in reality. What Charlie Brooker is was doing is a TV presenter. He's not Mister Black Mirror. He hasn't always been Mister Black Mirror. He's been a TV presenter for years and he sort of writes comedies and and he was um uh he wrote. Uh, comedy articles and stuff for, for a long time um, and then Black Mirror was the thing that took off and everyone thought of him as like the modern day Rod Serling um, and that's that's cool um, but you you just really I believe you have to follow whatever your, your passions are um, I don't think you should produce yourself too much um, and the things that are really the things that are going to take off are going to take off on their own and people are going to pick on the certain points of view, the thing, the more successful things being, oh, okay, this guy is the guy that does the post-apocalyptic stuff, or this is the guy that does um, the stupid comedy stuff, or whatever. Um, and that's fine. Um, I really enjoy it when I find an artist that I really like, and I fall in like in love with their work, and I, and then I realise there's another aspect to them. Like, to go back to Charlie Booker, that he's not just this sort of dark, um, near-future sci-fi writer. He's also an incredibly charming funny guy like i feel like you've got we've always got these sort of different aspects to us and i think if you sort of start closing off one aspect of yourself um it's like trying to keep a monster in the basement it'll get out <laughs> in some way or another eventually so just you know get let him out in the garden every now and again yeah. give him a little project then build a shed <laughs> it's good advice for people trying to build their their, their self brands on on social media because there is a big emphasis at the minute around people trying to be the perfect self trying to curate themselves into a way in which they see themselves almost as this sort of non-emotional uh non-evocative brand yeah um, but like you say sort of authenticity tends to to be the key oh yeah sure and like i said it's not it's i don't think it's up to us to do the branding i mean obviously you can you can help it along um you can sort of mark yourself as, as a um thriller crime thriller off or whatever and i'm sure that that will help you get further faster uh, potentially but but at the same time if you're not that all the way or if you want to use that as a pen name or, or whatever I, I kind of feel like um you're not being authentic to yourself to, to your own creative voice and you're sort of what's the point if you become incredibly successful in that but you don't really enjoy that all that much then you're just going to get told to do more of that and if you don't enjoy that all that much then you're going to become that's, you're going to start hating that pretty soon. You're going to want to go. Oh, I really want to do my my passion projects. And that's because you haven't you haven't sort of uh, been doing that as well and built yourself up as a a multi genre thing or a multi a post medium sort of artist. How would you describe yourself? I don't know because um, well, I, de- I definitely in- enjoy more absurd stuff. I, I'm I am a big fan of sort of absurdity. Um, and even in like uh, the serious stuff, I kind of feel like having a bit of a, a humor in in everything is, is always fun for me. 
uh, associate, I, I like to laugh as I'm writing, or I like to make myself laugh. But I also really enjoy the darkest. I don't know. It's it's weird. I enjoy a lot of stuff. Um, I I guess I see myself as uh, an explorer, <laughs> <laughs> a mad scientist. Uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe I maybe I did to some extent. I just like to. Um, I think what it is, I like to see things and think that's impossible for me to do that. And then I like to find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then when and then when it's done, I'll be like, oh, okay, that is, I can do it. I think it probably comes from some sort of um, uh, low self-esteem or something. I was probably just <laughs> I was brought up in a small town. I was told you'd never amount to anything. Like, I like to sort of amount to little stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Are there any mediums or genres that you haven't yet played with that you're itching to play with or that you're sort of curious about wanting to explore? Mm, um, Maybe a bit of VR? Oh, well, um, yeah, well, games is, is still something I, I would love to do some stuff in. I mean, we came close a couple of times um, with a VR game, but it, um, it never really went anywhere. Um, and been a couple of things that have been going in the pipeline of a game I, li- I like to sort of I, I love I love playing games um I love storytelling focus games um there are some good ones these days yeah but I mean comics films podcasts um they say in the future that we're going to make art out of like strands of our DNA like we're going to the oh. idea is that like <laughs> the mediums are going to change and, and blur over time and what we, we we're so focused nowadays on uh, the separation between the t- between all the different mediums. I think things are going to get far more interesting now that we're in this weird internet age where you can have uh, an audio podcast to go along with your comic book so you can read and hear the voice at the same time or augmented reality so you can see your comic book moving in front of you. It's, it's an interesting interesting time. Mm. You've uh, you mentioned a couple of times that you've, you've lived in different cities. You've been to yeah. Derby, you've been to London, Manchester, um, if you don't want me to keep any of these in the podcast, let me know. But uh, obviously at the minute, well, it's public on your website as well, but you're living in Nottingham. Yeah. Have you found in any way that sort of traveling between the different cities has been beneficial to your creation? Has it sort of sparked inspiration? Have you drawn different things? I know that when we were working together on sort of Lazarus and the Rot series, that London was quite heavy of a feature within the books itself. But do you find yourself quite strongly drawing inspiration from the different areas? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I think, well, I moved around a lot as a kid as well. So I think I've always sort of felt never quite settled. Um, and everywhere I've gone, I've sort of, it's been a big curiosity to sort of look out the window and see what's different about this place where I am right now. The, the people are different. The, 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 the landscape's different. So I've always sort of taken note of that. And when I'm writing or when I'm making so the location is always, I always, can't help but draw from the place i am at the time or um or the place where i was before or have been before um it, so it is a, it is a big thing and i kind of i kind of feel like it's almost like your job as a writer or as a maker of stuff to to experience as much as possible to add that extra element to your own writing i kind of i feel like Gary who was talking about this was we we're talking about how it was the the artist's job to go to the to the scary cave and experience the dark part of the world so they can come out and tell everyone about it and and mm. um you know um 
inspire people about it or tell people to go in themselves or so they they um can make their own decision about it or, or whatever you want to do um but and i feel like that's part partly our job really to to explore as much as possible go traveling meet weird people talk to people who don't agree with ourselves um that's an important one yeah talk to um uh people who do agree with ourselves and you know, experience a bit of everything um all the foods all the ice cream experience all the good stuff sure but you (laughs) you need to go into debt so you can write about the pressures of financial Mm. uh, burdens or i I, I don't know you need to experience death because that's an important part of life and you need to be able to talk about it and we, we we constantly draw all these experiences in and we churn them up in our brains and and vomit them up on the page and hopefully people uh, want to eat it, it up. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've actually been um thinking a lot about that kind of stuff lately i uh because yeah. i obviously recently became full-time so it's, i've only yeah. got two months into full-time writing now and i'm finding that there are times in my day when i'm sort of really not feeling the writing but i want to go out and do yeah. something so i have a couple of times explored not by actually contacting them yet but sort of played around with the idea in my mind of going to places like mechanics and offering to do like a couple of hours labor in the afternoon oh, just yeah. as work yeah, experience yeah. just areas that i yeah. know that i'm definitely not familiar with that i kind of want to just understand a bit more because yeah. i think the projects i was working on recently got me writing about oil rigs out in the oceans yeah. of nova scotia yeah, yeah. and I'm, that's the furthest thing from anything that i've experienced but trying to yeah. find some some bubble of industry that's similar to that would would definitely try and be helpful that writing um but i'll let you know how that goes yeah. at some point. i'm Work. fixing chassis I think so. It's it's a bit weird. So I think some writers, uh, some creators like to um, use a project as a method of exploring something out of what they haven't ex- explored already. Um, taxes. And then some writers, <laughs> I think, I think I'm sort of the inverse of that. Like I use it as a way to try and make sense of what the fuck it is I'm looking at. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to filter it through a sort of process of creation to make sense of what I'm seeing. Can you give an um, example? Well, London was a big one. I think that the hipster books that I wrote completely came out of, of that. So the first book I wrote was called The Hipster from Outer Space. And it's about an ancient alien being who wakes up in the body of a hipster in East London. Um, and the whole sort of premise of that was this alien being not really being out of place in in a, Lond- in a city like London, because everyone's kind of in, insane in London. <laughs> uh, but but through, the, through that character's eyes, I could... Um, I was the alien in that city. I was seeing all this crazy weird stuff happening and trying to make sense of it. So I could just sort of exaggerate that part of me and, um, and go through the city as, as the alien and sort of see things from an alien's perspective. Nice. How, um, how has running affected your writing? Um, running is really similar to writing. Um, so, the reason why I started writing prose because I was doing a lot of filmmaking and I was doing a lot of various other bits and pieces, but writing prose, um, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter what equipment you've got. It doesn't matter. None of it really matters. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just you and putting words down on the page and with running, I kind of feel like it doesn't matter, um, what special shoes you've got. If you've got the right bike and the right tires or the right climbing, gloves whatever the right <laughs> bowling ball for the a big bowling ball that takes all the pins out in one or a special rocket guide laser guided bowling <laughs> ball it doesn't matter about that kind of stuff. like the only thing that matters is um 
is running the miles. So I kind of feel like the better I get at uh, running and sort of putting the miles under my feet, the, the the more comfortable I am putting the words on the page. It's a uh, it's a weird sort of also when you're writing sometimes you struggle because your mind is trying to get somewhere else your mind is trying to um um it wants to go on facebook for a bit or it wants to go on twitter for a bit and it's like no i just need to i just need to be in this moment and, and enjoy the writing and sort of concentrate on this um and running is the same like you you can go to various places we you can't really sort of nip off to the shop or nip to do something else you sort of have to just keep moving and that's uh and also, you know, it's, it's great to get away from everything and let your mind wander and, and come up with new ideas and start to piece things together that maybe you hadn't thought of before. The amount of times when I've been out for a run and have sort of realised something and gone, oh, okay, that's how that story ends. Or, oh, okay, that's how that works. Or that's that'd be good to try that. Do you use running as a sort of page break while, you are, while you're fighting with ideas? Or do you kind of schedule it into your day and then the ideas happen to come during that period? I don't yeah i don't think i use it as a tool for writing i think it is one of those things where running i run for the for the running sake um so i'll be running so many miles because i'm training for uh, a race or, or like a uh, a longer run at some point but it, it still um it still works for the writing it still sort of adds to it um and also i mean the running sort of i end up writing about running in my writing a lot nowadays it's very well because that's, because that's the experience like um it just sort of feeds into it naturally mm. yeah i think it's important to try and harness anything that can keep your focus um, yeah. for longer periods i think so research recently said that humans attention span has basically gone down to three seconds which is less than a goldfish um, yeah. like two seconds yeah. now just because of the amount of distractions from your phone from your yeah. computer, from your tvs from family from friends i think yeah it's 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 not a bad habit at all to try and learn how to to flex that muscle and, and keep it strong there's a kurt vonnegut short story um i don't know what it's called now harrison bergman or something so the, it's about a guy who um he was too smart so the government put a thing in his head so that every random interval of seconds there's a loud noise in his head so he couldn't focus on any one thought for too long like he couldn't he couldn't um dream something up because the loud noise had gone and sort of lose focus of where he was and so what we've got those built in with like these notifications like when the phone buzzes you could be thinking about anything and suddenly you're thinking oh who's tweeted me yeah. who's emailed me i'll sit in a, a coffee shop and i'll have just through habit my phone will be next to my laptop when i start writing and mm. then i realize the first buzz that i get oh crap i've left it on yeah. so i will then mute my phone put it on airplane mode and put it into my bag but yeah. then i'll feel guilty because i'm even though it's Excuse a dog from outside who's keen about the conversation. Um, yeah. I'll feel guilty because even though it's not my, it, it's it's my right to have mm. that hour of silence, however long it is that I'm going to sit yeah. and write. But there's always that guilty thing of, ah, oh, but what am I missing out on? And half the time it's just someone else yeah. invited to a group or someone's invited me to play yeah. Candy Crush or something else that just yeah. just doesn't add any value to my day. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you, you have to like give you, you have to treat it. You have to use it as a treat for yourself where you don't, you can put it on airplane mode and, and not worry about the rest of the world for a little bit. And the, the more you can see it as a sort of uh, little vacation, the better, I think, the easier. Yeah, I remember a time when, um, I think it was back 
a year or two ago when yeah. you went to America. I remember yeah. you coming back from that. And I think if if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, during that period, you said it was one of the first times in ages where you had just shut off everything from sort of the writing and you let yourself oh, go yeah. away and you yeah. enjoyed the experience. Yeah. How how did you find actually shutting off for that period of time so beneficial to to what you do? I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I am um, still journaling um, every day, so I sort of still processing stuff through through the words. Um, but I just wasn't. I, I was aimless for those two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like I had no aim. It was just roll with whatever happens and enjoy the holiday and, and uh, yeah, go swimming, go for long drives, drink lots of beer and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it was particularly beneficial to the writing. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I came back a little bit more refreshed and ready to go again. Um, maybe it was worse. Maybe <laughs> I uh, had lost lots of like, lost like the trails of stuff i was working on at at the time who knows i mean um i do think it's good if you know that's coming and you can use that as a great deadline where you think when it gets to the 14th that's holiday mode so i need to clear my table of work now like before then so yeah you can use it as a great sort of um deadline motivator but i mean it was it was good america was a lot of fun Mm. it was my first time over there yeah yeah orlando yeah, Orlando, yeah. which yeah. I was a bit like, um, I was a bit like is that, that's like the butlands of America there, right? That's not <laughs> that's not real America. And it's probably not real America. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Disneyland. I want to go to Austin, Texas, and I want to yeah. drive across Route 6 or whatever. But then I got there, and I was like, it's fucking Disneyland. This is amazing. <laughs> Just <laughs> and I really got into it. Yeah, my, uh, so much my family are actually yeah. out there at the minute, and they've done the yeah. whole uh, airboats along the sort of Everglades and picked up crocodiles yeah. and stuff. They've done that side of it. Oh, well, okay. Disney, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's yeah. like a lot of fun. You can still you can still get out into the the real, um, yeah, Orlando. Also, Not, uh, so I, um, the entire state that's a Disney park. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, we uh, we did a lot of driving. Um, we so uh, I'd written about Cape Canaveral in one of my books before, um, and it was good to actually go there and sort of see that it wasn't too far off actually, just from pictures and stuff I'd written from. Um, and also we went to uh, Tampa. We got to see a bit of the cities and we did go out of the theme parks. We went to like a little town, but there wasn't really much there. Uh, there was no no rides. It was a bit strange. So uh, <laughs> so we just went back to Universal Studios, I think. Nice. Yeah. How, uh, how often a week do you write and what does your writing schedule look like? I write every day. Um, so the first thing I will do I will put some music and I will journal and I'll write about what happened the day before, uh, how I'm feeling about In fact, so I got into a bit of a bad habit fairly recently and I, I was kind of phoning it in. I was going, I did this, 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 and I was like about two paragraphs and I was done. But then recently I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this, this properly. I, I'm not giving myself time to, to think and actually process what happened the day before or, or what I'm planning to do and where my mind's at. Um, and I can sort of usually tell when I'm not keeping my mind in check, when I'm getting irritable at stuff or I'm um, just feeling kind of down, I don't really know why, or, or something eating at me, I'm not too sure why. Um, but if I'm journaling, if I'm genuinely focusing on the journaling and, and thinking about the words and I can write about, okay, so I'll be feeling this sort of way, let's let's just talk about it, like free write it out and, and work out what what's going on. Um, get or I can write about what I'm excited about in the future and that will get me pumped up to 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 get creating or, or doing something so the journaling is a, is a big part and i i know that if i'm ever phoning it in i need to 
cut that out and start actually giving it its due because it, it's a massive tool. And I, I think I do think um, journaling when I started journaling was really when I started making started on this journey that's led me to where I am now with, with the podcast and Hope and Cleveland and stuff with you, Dan and uh, Keith and everything. I definitely think that it all started because I was journaling and I was able to sort of keep myself in check. Um, and it, it's where I learned to sort of focus on the world and not just, it's where I learned to be, to have my own momentum in the world and not just be sort of thrown around by the world's momentum, if that makes sense. Mm. And is it freehand when you do your journal? I do it on a website called 750words.com. So it's all digital. Um, so digital. Um, I would. I don't write fast enough by hand. Um, I, I know it's messy, or that's not not a bad thing. Uh, but it's 150 words, and I, we're typing. I can just f- like f- uh, I'm going to say flap it out. <laughs> uh, tap it out like super quick. Yeah. Um, and not not to be precious about the words. I don't need to. It's not so much for me to read back and think that's some beautiful journaling. Like it's more about me. Although some stuff has come out of it, and I was like, that's that's not too bad. I'm going to use that. As <laughs> but most of the time, it's literally just me trying to work it. Out. Free writing, um, 250 words. And what I tend to do is I'll write about what happened, um, what I'm working on, what I'm excited about. Uh, try to get an idea of where I am in the world at that moment and where I want to be and that kind of thing. Um, and then um, and then I and I copy and paste it all into Evernote, and I've got like an Evernote thing so i could jump back six years ago today and go oh i was doing that that day and that's a weird experience to see Mm. um where your mind was about certain projects or certain things so long ago i think um in fact i should i should look back and see when we first started talking about the other stories and see if i (laughs) had any inclination that it would be as as sort of big as it is what we think in january 2016 around that time february 2016 yeah, I remember there's a picture because um, we had like a yeah. Skype call and we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, see, I I love the idea of journaling, and I've I've always kind of I don't know, I guess romanticised it by the idea of doing it freehand and trying to write it out. And I've, I've yeah. at the minute I'm I'm dabbling in journal, uh, journaling. I've got I was going to say journalism, yeah. there. hell no. Um, yeah. I've got uh, one of those six minute Realizing. diaries, which is yeah. <laughs> three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening, and it sort of asks a set of like. So what book you know, is it? Is the what? Sorry. Is it, it's that white book. Is that it's right? Like, um, yeah, well, like it's... a grey hardcover. Yeah. Yeah, it's our sort of like what are you motivated for in the morning, um, and then at the end of the day, it's sort of like what have you done, what have you good deeds, sort yeah. of very basic stuff. But I've never like I love the idea of that, just being able to plunge into your past and pull that back up. But yeah. I've sort of given journaling a go a couple of times, and, and I don't think I've quite got it because there, there's yeah. there's so many things that you're told you should do in the morning when you when you come down to sort of meditation when you come down to journaling <laughs> affirmations everything else and yeah sometimes it can be almost like a bit overwhelming because i'm i'm very much i'll get up i'll make a coffee and i'll yeah maybe meditate for five minutes but then i'll sort of sit and just get into the writing um straight away while my mind's not thinking i've, I've not quite got the right process yeah. yet i don't think to, to get well, to so that. the affirmations and the meditation I, I kind of feel like that is part of the my journey, my personal journaling process. Because um, I am talking about, well, as mentioned, is a weird one, aren't it? Because it's like I am made of concrete or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like some sort of, uh, you sort of say something like you are, fa- you are absolutely fantastic or whatever. I don't really <laughs> write that kind of stuff, but I will like try and be real with myself and say this is working really well. So let's do more of that. Let's the podcast is doing really well. So 
why not think more about different podcasts you can do or, or, or that, that kind of thing um so i kind of feel like the journaling does do a bit of that meditation Give yourself actions or is it literally just a well no so i bullet journal now um as well as the normal journal <laughs> bullet journal but this is more just like a daily to-do list that's, yeah. that's what it's all about um and i started doing that i don't know you you were doing it and you were well mm. into it um about a year year and a half ago yeah i started well this is my third i do my three month like quarterly books this is my third one and they've come to the end of june so i'll be done with this one soon um and it's been fantastic like just um in the sense of making sure i I actually get done what i need to get done um bullet journaling is a fantastic to-do list but it's a different uh has a different function than normal journaling for me yeah and why do you because you, you mentioned you you write on 750words.com yeah then you copy it all into evernote why not just write it in evernote i don't know i don't know daniel <laughs> I, think it's a habit. <laughs> I think um i never used to do the copy into evernote that's something i started like six years ago or i think it's six maybe five six years ago and uh, so it, all, it always used to just be in 750 words um but 750 words isn't searchable uh maybe it is i don't know maybe i'm not really looked at that into it but also it's kept on uh now it's kept on two servers and also my evernote is backed up to my uh dropbox and it's backed up to my backup drive and that kind of thing so i guess it, I'm, I'm kind of more secure now uh but i think it's more than that. i think it's just um i mean if you go to 750words.com just have a look at the sponsors the, the, of the show the font and i don't think they even do it for money really they have donations <laughs> Uh, but if you look at the font and it's really just pure white text and it's um, it's just a nice experience to write on there. And I think it's just maybe that, maybe just that. Maybe I just need that now. Yeah. Might just be a trigger that's set up that just, yeah. it, it's just your process and that's, that's what you also, the, the music's the big thing. I think when you find the right uh, mm. sort of atmospheric music, it, oh yeah. It, like, so there's an <laughs> oh. Been, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been sort of obsessed with for about, I saw the film Swiss Army Man about a year ago have you seen it it's one where daniel radcliffe daniel radcliffe plays a corpse and paul dano is um lost on an island and he finds his corpse and his corpse like a magic corpse like it he, he, he uses for everything like a, he's like a swiss army knife but he's a dead man and he, is, he wow. uses erect <laughs> penis as a compass point it's absolutely crazy <laughs> absolutely crazy um and he uses he, he pulls water into daniel radcliffe's dead mouth and he uses his arms and it like showers the water like a like a spring thing, it doesn't like it's absurd, yeah. but but the soundtrack, oh, it's so good. It's um it's by the guys, two of the guys from Manchester Orchestra, who are a great band anyway. But the soundtrack, it's all done mainly through vocal noises. So like ba 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 ba, but they layer it up in these sort of crazy beautiful, um, okay, beautiful ways. And yeah, I just listen to that. Like there's that's it's a great soundtrack for writing to just envelops you and just lets you actually get into the process yeah 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 because so you journal yeah and then what comes next um uh, well so just how so long do you journal for try and keep it under 20 minutes if it gets a bit longer than that then i start getting a bit like oh, i'm losing time here i need to do the other stuff before, yeah. before i go to work um so i haven't been meditating for a long time but this past couple of days i've been trying it the only problem is that if i'm up at 5 a.m and i start meditating very naturally want to go back to sleep yeah because <laughs> it oh, yeah. it's too relaxing like it's just far too relaxing for that time in the morning 
So, well, actually, so, sorry, yeah, so... Meditate for two hours. <laughs> what I would actually do, sorry, is that I'll wake up and I'll put the coffee on. Coffee takes about 15 minutes to brew. So, in that time, I will leave it. If I'm super tired, I don't mind snoozing until the coffee's brewed. Uh, but most of the time, I'll start on the journaling at that point. And then once that's done, I can get the coffee and start writing. Um, in terms of writing, it depends what I'm working on. Right now, I'm doing a writing workshop. And... I'm reading what I wrote the day before. It's normally about a thousand words worth of stuff and I'm editing that as I go. I normally add about 250 words to that as I'm writing. Um, and then I'll plow through some fresh words, um, as many as I can in the time available. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your proudest achievement to date? That's a difficult one. Um, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. That is a difficult one because... I kind of feel like it's something kind of mon- it must be something mundane. I don't think it's the because I, I do look at like Keith. Like I've got like a trophy uh, thing, like a plaque thing that I keep on the bookshelf. I like to see that every now and again. Um, and the other stories, whenever whenever I see the stats on that thing, I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. But I don't know if it's anything like that. I don't think it's. I don't know. I want to say it's something like um, completing Sonic the Hedgehog two, or something. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> it's something way more mundane than that. Because with the the other stuff, the the creative stuff, it's like it feels like it's more like part of the part of the journey rather than the the end point. If that makes sense, it yeah. feels like they're great, but the next thing is going to be even better. <laughs> Just wait. Like it feels like that. Whereas like we finished something smaller. Uh, maybe maybe he's doing the half marathon. Although pff, that really did kill me. I think mean, I could be proud of that. Um, it's impressive. I don't, I don't know, man. I um, haven't done one yet. We'll do one together sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm signing up. Doing another one yeah, in September. But uh, I don't know, man. I think um, quitting smoking. I was actually quite proud of that. Mm. But I used to smoke a long time ago, eight years ago now, and I quit that. Um, you know, you know, I think I'm just proud of um, just getting on with stuff. Like, if I just look back at the past 10 years and I think, I'm proud that I got on with stuff. Like, there's been difficult, it's been incredibly difficult at times. There's been very many low points, but it doesn't matter. We still got on with stuff and we still got stuff done. And, you know, that, that's something to be proud of. Oh, that would be a beautiful point to end the show, but I have one more question okay. before we get into our quick fire round. Yeah. So you're a bit of a goal setter. I know this. Yeah, you made me start setting goals. Thank you. It's been very helpful. <laughs> yeah. What does the rest of your your year look like? What are you trying to achieve by the end of twenty nineteen? Well, so I've got a few things really. Um, I mean, the main thing um, is that I want to get a novel that we're writing together done, a short novel, and also another novel that we're writing together. I'd like to get that out. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to just teasing. Uh, yeah, I've got. I've, so this past two months, I've also written um, two novellas that I'm. Well, actually, no, I've written about three novellas that I'm really, really proud of. I feel like they're my best writing and the best example of what I'm able to do. They're quite short; they're twenty thousand words each. But, but I'd like to find uh, the right home for them, um, the right sort of publishing home. Um, so I guess. I'd like to sell those. I'm not like a massive amount of money, but I'd like to. Um, I would like to place them in the right place. That's um, that's pretty a big goal for me as well. Nice, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, 
So let's get into the quick fire round. So oh, yeah. as this is the first episode, I feel like I'll probably just explain this. Uh, the quick fire round, what I'll be doing is asking all of our guests 10 quick fire questions, which you have a few seconds to just shout whichever answer comes to your head first. Oh, just um, for, uh, so to be a proud moment, we, you forced me into it uh, when we did uh, the interview on uh, self publishing podcast. Because I listened ah. to that so long and it felt so distant from that podcast and it, it felt like my tv like it's uh wasn't real it was a a thing that was so far away but you you, you put us on that show and i was really nervous about it but uh <laughs> i think we did really well i think uh that was i was very proud of that actually um yeah so yeah yeah Thanks. that interview is uh actually on youtube for anyone who wants to check it out just yeah. literally i think all you have to do is type hawk and cleaver into the youtube search bar and it comes up yeah. to one of the top uh searches which is quite cool um yeah. but yeah shawnee john and dave johnny sean and dave shawnee um, <laughs> john. john and john yeah. no uh yeah no that was that was a lot of fun sorry you Don't... were saying about a quick fire round yeah so quick fire round um I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory but let's see how you do are you ready uh yeah i am now cool ketchup or barbecue sauce ketchup who's your favorite creator at the moment uh dangerous later cats or dogs dogs Oh, fuck. Sorry, you... Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have video cameras for eyes or laptop keyboards for fingers? Uh, video cameras for eyes. Who was the last writer to scare the crap out of you? Adam Neville. What was the last film you cried at? I cried all the time in films. Um, what was the last film I watched? Incredibles 2, probably. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Emotional? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, red onions or white onions? White onions. What podcast couldn't you live without? Um, the other stories. <laughs> What's your favourite city? Favourite city, London, probably. Yeah. And your favourite beer of choice? I like the Desperados. I know nice. they're kind of like um, you know, people that like the the McDonald's of beers. But <laughs> it's like lager, and it's got a bit of tequila in it. But it's just whatever. It just hits the spot. Nice it's called Desperado. I tolerate. I'll tell you that. Desperado is the only beer that you can tolerate. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cider drinker, so so beer doesn't oh, get yeah. better. Desperado has that certain. It's tequila, right? Yeah, it's tequila, yeah. but it's, it's got a sweetness to it as well. But it's um, it's just very very tasty. I just can't can't get enough of that stuff. Fair, good to know. I'll, I'll buy you someone next year. Sweet. Uh, final question. Final final question. Where can our listeners find more of you and your work? There's two places you can go. Um, LukeCondor.com, and that's Condor with a K. And that's where I kind of I'm trying to keep a sort of semi-regular blog, uh, but it, it's like articles on, on creativity and that kind of thing, and also just sort of posting about uh, what I'm up to and that kind of thing. But www.hawkandcleaver.com is where me and a few crazy people uh, we do a lot of stuff. Actually, we make comic books, we we make uh, fiction, and we do a lot of podcasts. Our podcast network is growing like crazy. Um, including this it, podcast yeah including this one yeah. yeah um so it's good to see i think those two websites are all you need mm-hmm. in terms of the internet you don't need any other websites just done just delete the rest of it yeah, for it, for yeah. it. <laughs> awesome well thank you very much for your time man i appreciate it um glad to have you as the first guest on the show this will be the legacy that we leave because there are no other episodes coming after this thank you very much we've done a lot of podcasts together and i kind of feel like we are finally getting quite good at it <laughs> we are finally I, figuring it out i hope so yeah fingers crossed <laughs> awesome well thanks again man and uh yeah, thank no you for listening 
Uh, thank you. I, I was going to listen anyway. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Next week, we'll be joined by the Amazon top 10 author and publisher, Michael Anderley, discussing his publishing company, his mammoth rise to success, and how he fits everything into just 24 hours in his day. It's definitely one not to miss. Don't forget that you can also get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share and support the show for as little as one dollar a month one more time that's www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share until next time oh, your ear ever do that when you're sort of a uh, like your nose it's like a tiny woman screaming in your ear <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a tiny elephant <laughs>